Greetings, true believers, and welcome to episode 65 of the Polis Podcast. That's right. We're back! Or, well, I'm back, but that's a different story. This is the Polis Podcast, a bi-weekly show about comics, pop culture, and faith. My name is Chris Poirier, and with me, as always, is the one and only Hector. How's it going, Hector? And thank you, and thanks to Todd for covering for um, my my ill self as we started back. Um, how's things? Uh, they're good, and you know Todd did a really good job, by the way. Um, so he really did. I was I listened, and I was like, yeah, I was like, that's that's why we like Todd. You know, we've been trying Guess to what, get Todd. You're on rotation. Yeah, I was gonna say we've been trying to get Todd in mix. It's just Todd's a busy man. And does a lot of creative and cool things. So uh, yes, he does. But uh, I'm doing good, dude. Um, I, I've made it this far. <laughs> Here we are. Question mark. Question mark. <laughs> uh, well, we've got lots of comic stuff to talk about. So strap yourselves in and prepare yourselves for we've got comic sign. Uh, better put the word out. Can't wait for the nerd. On today's episode of The Pull List, we've got a wonderful show for you. We're going to hit the latest news that you need to know, our must-pull recommendations from the past two weeks or so. Mine might be slightly more expanded. I don't remember. Our fave new number ones and so much more. This is The Pull List Podcast. So, uh... There, there is some news. Um, I, I wish I could say there was more news, but even after being out for a few months, um, I just got to ask this question to start us off for today. Is it, Do you feel like comics are kind of slow right now? Um, they're slow in some essence, but also it's just uh, <clears throat> like finding something that's really great means having to wait for it and also wait through a lot of other stuff to get there. That sounds fair. I mean, that was kind of my vibe that as I was catching up and also just looking over the racks this week, I was kind of like, eh. <laughs> and I, I don't know what that is, but I kind of agree that I'm like looking for the good stories feels like there's a lot more space between point a and point b right now and we'll see winter can sometimes be weird in the comic industry like summer is usually when events hit and like all new solicits come out and we're going to talk about that in a minute about kind of the new stuff for 2022 but i I found myself reading previous things that i've enjoyed and there's a few things i put down and went maybe we're taking a break here (laughs) like um just real quick, because I don't remember if you guys talked about it or not, but um, the transition from Tinian to Williamson on Batman. No, I, we didn't. I'm. I was kind of more hopeful in Williamson so far. I'm. I'm still bored, and I don't. Yeah, it's it's not a uh, heart pounding like great Batman vibe. It Tin- still feels kind of ninety ish. It feels 90s-ish, but it feels, and uh, the fact that it's Williamson doing it, it feels like it's got less direction. Yeah, which is weird, because Williamson's run on Flash was really good. Had a really long arc, was going somewhere. And this, I'm still kind of like, cool, new stuff, but 
Why, why do I care? What's my investment? Yeah. So, I don't know. But, yeah, let's jump in then to some of the things that are going on around the industry. And one of those things is, for those that don't know, um, famed artist and just all-around wonderful human being, George Perez, has been battling cancer for a while. And just while we were on break, things kind of continued the slide for George. And... If you follow him on Facebook, and if you don't, but you're familiar with George's work over the years, you should, because they're updating very frequently his health, what he's doing, and everything. And it's just, it's incredibly heartwarming, but also heart-wrenching to watch kind of his very public battle right now, because the fans have been just absolutely amazing um, in supporting George and his family. Um, like, a, But also... One of the other, one, the big comic shops in our area, uh, Heroes Aren't Hard to Find, is doing mm-hmm. a uh, letters to George thing. Oh, that's great. Where if you get their letters in at a certain time, they'll actually be mailing them to George on your behalf. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So George last week was admitted to in-hospice care, and they said that's a quality of life thing, that he's really been struggling Um and it's just a bummer. We're hitting the age in a lot of guys that gave us, you know, entire corners of comic book universes. They're, they're getting old. Um, and life is occurring. Um, but the Hero Initiative, which does a lot to help pay medical bills for artists and writers and comic book creators that might be in a tough spot. Um, George has been a longtime member of the Hero Initiative, and they have come together, and they're going—they're paying for an explicit reprint of the JLA Avengers series that George Perez did. Um, so a crossover series. They're going to reprint 7,000 copies, and comic book shops have that in their solicitations and their um, final order cutoffs. I believe it's this week. And it's supposed to hit in the next month. So, you know, keep an eye out if you're not familiar with that series. It's one of George's more fun. It's a crossover series, which can always be entertaining. Um, Batman versus Captain America. Yeah, all kinds Um, of, like, great visuals. Um, Thanos and Darkseid throwing shade at each other. Oh, it's good stuff. So keep an eye out because I think it's also supposed to be rushed um, to get into comic book stores potentially within the next month. So if that's something that you're all about, it supports a good cause. It's from great people, and it just allows us to celebrate George while he's still with us. And um, George is one of the dudes that I wish I had had the chance to meet. Um, I met the other side. um, his, his partner in crime, Wolfman, um, and I, I'll tell you, Marv uh, is a great is another great dude. That y'all, if you get it to cons this year, hear me and hear me well. There's going to be the new hotness sitting up front, but there's going to be a bunch of dudes that literally came out of the bullpens of the big two and independents that gave us like the Titans, like all these amazing characters and storylines. Go talk to these people. They love talking about comics. They love talking about creating. They love talking to fans. And it's just one of those reminders of some of these guys aren't going to be around. So, you know, it not meant to be Debbie Downer at the beginning of the show, but actually it's a huge blessing to be able to talk to some of these awesome creators 
And I just remember sitting down with Marv Wolfman a few years ago at Baltimore where um, George was starting kind of this journey of health kind of not being on his side. And Marv was just beside himself because he was like, my best friend, the guy that we did all this cool stuff isn't here, and I miss my friend. And this was years ago, so I just think about Marv during these times because it's amazing the relationships some of these writer-artist teams created over the years and the stuff that they made and just how much it excites them. So go support some great comics and remember to see the OGs when you're at some of these shows because they're truly amazing people and have cool stories to tell and they want to tell them. So support your local comic shop but also support your creators and hear cool stories about how we got here. So I, I real quick want to tell you, have I told you when I met George Perez? No. And I okay. know that you had because you met him at Dragon, right? I met him at Dragon. And it's one of those things that I didn't, I don't think I'd recognize the cultural impacts on the comics community. I knew he was a great right. creator. I owned mm-hmm. lots of things that he had made. Um, I didn't realize the full cultural impact um, until I was walking through, you know, Dragon Con, and uh, I was outside, and there were, uh, may, man, like, let's th- say 300 Wonder Woman cosplayers <laughs> um, that were all, like, lined up and waiting to get into this photo shoot where they were all, like, hugging and kissing this one dude. <laughs> Who's this guy in the Hawaiian shirt? And that was the, literally it, dude. Um, I was uh, walking through there, and I was, like, so confused as, like, why all these people were, like, huddled around it. And I could see it from, like, a distance. So mm-hmm. when I finally got closer, I was like, oh, well, that's George. And <laughs> There he is. Big old smile. Goatee. Hawaiian shirt. And I just sat there and watched as these people, and they were, like, big name uh other creators there there were uh you know i say this you know with every bit of respect big name cosplayers and stuff like that mm-hmm. that were there like just fawning over him and like i mean that's the kind of adoration i've only seen reserved for like stan mm-hmm. but yep. the difference was george was like just you know, he still had a little bit of the anonymity and personal stuff that he could do that without a security detail. Yeah. And, and he and I've always heard he loves cosplayers and that Dragon Con, that's like his bag was he would wander around. And my friend Candace, uh, who does, you know, like a lot of creative stuff and cosplay and has worked with me on things before. Um, mm-hmm. Like there's some of her favorite pictures are of her and George when he's when she's wearing a Supergirl costume. Yep. And, um, I mean, it's just one of those things. I'm glad we're making a proactive effort to uh, I- encourage and engage now. Yes. And that this isn't an afterthought. Yes. So, so I'm grateful for that. Same. That It's it's what's really drawn my attention that there, there's a lot of great new creators. Don't misunderstand me, fam. Um, but the the golden generation that gave us what we're celebrating in film today is starting to age out on us. And a lot of them go to shows because they love it. They love the community just like the rest of us. So that's when I tell people, I was like, you know what? I was like, the new hotness is going to be there next year. But some of these guys might not be. 
So take that advantage to to ask your questions because a lot of them, Marv Wolfman doesn't have anybody that helps him set up at a con. He rolls up with his personal bag and unpacks all of his stuff and sets up his table to this day. I mean, I think I saw him at Fayetteville. Yeah, no, he's been, and from what I've seen, he is traveling a lot this year. So go out there and see Marv. Marv's a great dude, and he will talk you into the ground. Um, but it's a it's a delightful conversation. So, do comics. Trust me. another person that used a word or phrase that you were absolutely certain you should know but you didn't of course you have well don't worry nerd because we've got some great news for you you're about to learn something brand new this is the real world bub and you need to learn to hold your own in a nerdy conversation so pull up an ear and pay attention because ltn has another nerdy definition for you today's term is cheese No, we're not talking about that sweet, melty goodness that makes life worth living. We're talking about a strategy in games like League of Legends. In particular, a cheese is an unorthodox, unusual, or unpredictable strategy that is used by a player or team that has a huge risk of failure, but if it's managed to be pulled off, also offers a big win. These strategies typically only work when the opponents don't see it coming, because it's often such a dumb play, no serious player would typically try it. Sometimes cheesing refers to a strategy that uses an element that isn't technically cheating, but most players would consider it to be. An example from my childhood would be from the original Mortal Kombat game, where a player could use Scorpion's get over here move over and over again and never let their opponent even make a move. That is a cheese strategy, a cheap trick that requires almost no skill but does a lot of damage. Simply put, it's bad manners. But why is it called cheese? No one really has that nailed down, as the term actually dates back as early as 1992. However, the leading theory is that it's just a combination of the words cheap, cheat, and easy. So next time you're playing Among Us and someone kills you on spawn, you can call them out for cheesing, because now you understand that reference. You are listening to The Pull List Podcast. So shifting gears a little, let's talk about all the comics that Marvel wants us to read this summer. Um, and it's all of them. I, I don't even know where to start, so I'm going to try to do... I, I really feel like at this point, we could co- copy and paste... Somewhat. From, ...from almost any <laughs> podcast we've done. So it's kind of it's kind of funny. There's a few things in here. So uh, let, let's hit some of the the tips, uh, the high points, if you will. Um, so a Sam Wilson Captain America symbol of truth is coming. Um, so you're going to see Sam in the seat. Uh, Thor turns 60 years old uh, this year. So um, Donny Cates is currently um, writing there, and you're about to hear me say Donny Cates about 47 more times because Marvel's still like. Ya boy, Donnie Cates. Um, his really crazy um, Hulk story is continuing. Did you read his number one, the Donnie Cates number one of Hulk? I'm reading the series. Okay, I'm, so. I've got issue four uh, waiting for me to pick up, or five, whatever the most recent one. Oh, I just read the first one to see, you know, if I was in or not. But basically, um, Spaceship. Um, Hulk is all I'm going to say about that, and good luck with that. <laughs> well, no, it gets it gets weirder because uh, spaceship spaceship Hulk gets 
pulled through a dimensional rift by a different universe's Bruce Banner. <laughs> um, because uh, Hulks in his world are just abominations that are cast off into the wilderness and of space. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, but also, did you see how, like, I can't remember issue one, did you see how he fuels Spaceship Hulk? I don't think it quite got there in the first issue. Okay. So the way that he speeds up and slows down and increases the strength of Spaceship Hulk is by the level of aggression that he stokes in Hulk's side of the brain. Ah, uh, okay. So he'll drop like 200 tall foot Wolverine <laughs> right. poking him and stuff um, to make him angry enough to go faster. So when I, when all of us have said over the over the time that Donny Cates just is like, cool, give me something and I'm going to break it. And he's not kidding. Um, it's wild. Um, what else we got? We got Savage Avengers for reasons. Uh, Spider-Man 2099 is coming back again because they turned 30 this year. Uh, Devil's Reign is going to go into Devil's Reign Omega. So there's an event within an event within an event now. Chil still Chip Sadarsky, Still Daredevil. Just that's a thing. And I know this audience has heard me say many times that I get event burnout real quick. <laughs> Um, especially if it's you're just throwing everything at it, which is the point of an event, is that it's completely off the walls. But it feels a bit much at the moment, at least for me. But I don't know. Maybe I'm boring when it comes to comics. I'll admit it. Uh, Thunderbolts are coming back. Now, That's I will say I've enjoyed the Thunderbolts uh, in Devil's Ring. Um, okay. Uh, like, some of their stuff has been really good. Like, there was a... What maybe Devil's Reign number four? Uh, mm. There was some stuff with Rhino. Um, yeah, where he's like, "Hey, um, I didn't sign on to like chase kids. I'm ratting y'all out." <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, "I appreciate that." Um, and honestly, like the Devil's Reign tie-in with Moon Knight, which you're going to cover, was I enjoyed that a lot. Um, yeah, no, it was fun. But uh, there, I mean, it's just it feels like. Um, I, my problem with Devil's Reign is just that it feels like every other superhuman registry type situation. I mean, they're almost going straight back and being like, yep, it's Civil War again, but not, but sort of is, but sort of. I mean, here you go. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, nothing is new under the sun, right? Right. Um... I got to flip past some of these because it'll take us literally the rest of the show for just May's solicits from Marvel. Um, Secret Invasion is coming back again. Well, they have to to prep for whatever is coming or not coming. It's going to be it's going to be a five part mini. Uh, Gambit's getting his own solo title for a little bit again. It's a mini. I, I think we've mentioned this that. A lot of mainline comics are finally falling into this one of four, one of five, one of six model of we're going to tell a story and get out. And in some places, I don't hate it. Um, when it feels like there's going to be 47 new Marvel books in like June alone, maybe we're hitting a little much. Um, 
And well, of course, well, there's a billion new Spider-Man books, which if you've been following Spider-Man lately, just just the amazing title with the Ben Riley stuff, the book has been weekly with special editions. So I have a pile of, I think, no joke, 20 amazing Spider-Mans just from the couple last couple months. And I literally stack them all up and put them in a bag because I was like, nope. Um, while, while you were out um, or we were out, did you see the one Tuesday that every DC book that was released was Batman? Was Batman? Yeah. Yes. Um, and, and that's another thing is both sides are doing it right now. So, you know, hear us. That, that's kind of where we started this conversation at the top of the show of it just feels like it's been done or I don't know. It's it's weird. All right. <laughs> Let me flip through the rest of this real quick. Um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's coming back that is going to align with all the movies we're going to see over over the summer, um, the shows. So, you know, She-Hulk is back. Uh, Moon Knight continues. Oh, yeah, Captain Carter. I forgot. They are giving us a Captain Carter. It is going to be another one of five, one through five uh, mini, but we get Captain Carter. Um, what else is there in here? I'd actually be interested in that, but that'd be a trade for me, not a single issue. Yep. Uh, an Obi-Wan standalone from the Star Wars side of Marvel. I could get down with that as well. Yeah. No, don't, don't hate that. They're all minis, so that means they'll be isolated stories, which will be pretty great. Um, Bounty Hunters is continuing. So yeah, just... I will say that the the fact that the current Vader line is still tying into the, some of the older Vader line is nice. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, what's great about that is that was some of the best Vader, so it's that's probably a good idea on their behalf because that's the good stuff. Um, so yeah, Marvel has a metric ton of content coming out, and we'll try to read as much of it as we can, but. As I just said, I think I just – there's probably no less than 50 books in that, and that only covered a month's worth of solicitations. So, <laughs> um, yeah, Marvel's kind of like, here, have some stuff. Um, on the other side of things, I want to talk a little bit about some of the things that Image is doing, but um, Scotty Young is going to return to kind of fairy tale ish type stuff, but not go – full on I hate fairyland. Um he has a five part mini that is what he defines as you know a fantasy story and I want to say that his animation style his his illustration style for this is it's not quite as cartoony as I hate fairyland was so it feels semi serious but still kind of has that typical Scotty Young look and it's called Twig and honestly, there's not a whole lot out about it, except that he's like, I like telling fantasy-type stories, and I'm going to do it. So if you are into Scotty Young um, doing his thing, um, you've been enjoying Strange Academy, um, you did enjoy I Hate Fairyland, this looks like this is going to be like a happy medium-type book from him. I, so, I think my favorite thing to date from him is the Me You Love in the Dark, though. That's fair. And it's so interesting. Like, a lot of people, Scotty Young was like, Deadpool, I hate Fairyland. And it's like, no, nah, your, your boy's got range. Um, Strange Academy, 
uh, you that that horror slash thriller type thing. Like he can tell stories, and that's why. Like I said, we're we're here looking for good stories, so that's why I'm like, you should read some Scotty Young when it comes out. Um, and let's close up some of our news with uh, random DC news. Um, so what if I told you? Well, well, you can't say what if Marvel says no. <laughs> Marvel just said they can't do it. Well, Marvel might be okay with this because um, DC's upcoming. Uh, event for this year is are, are you ready? It doesn't involve the word state. But I bet so start no, there. I bet I do know what it involves. Right, it uses the word crisis. So congratulations everyone, it's called Dark Crisis and apparently when we joked about there being too many crises um like a year ago, I didn't think we could come up with more, but here we are. Um Williamson is heading the project um, because Williamson, I guess, is DC's Donny Cates at the moment. Um, and that's not, necess- that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, really enjoyed Williamson on Flash, like I mentioned before. I-, I hope he pulls Batman to someplace that I care about, but jury out. Um, but Dark Crisis, they're going to revisit the original Crisis, but explain why and how it happened using something called... Um, what is it? Dark force or dark something. So anyway, there's a dark thing that is some form of mystical substance that creates this, which kind of sounds like metal, but not. So congrats. I don't know. I I get nervous when big companies just can't find a place to land on their events. I want 2022 to end up somewhere. Hear me, big companies. Give me something good to read. Uh, And finally, I'm actually going to do rumor mill stuff because here we are. Um, And, of course, it's bleeding cools. um, So with a grain of salt. But there's rumors out on the West Coast that DC slash Warner Brothers is in the process of acquiring something big. And nobody knows what it is. And this got announced a couple days ago that everyone's like, yeah, something's coming, but, like, nobody knows what it is. So I'm just throwing gasoline all over that and saying, hey, something cool could be coming. They could be merging. They could be grabbing another comics company because there is a lot of volatile in the third-party market right now. Um, I don't know what it is. It could be nothing. But here we are. We'll stay on top of it and let you know if it turns into something cool um, or random. And, and on comics-related news, just throwing this out there, if you haven't watched Peacemaker, there's fun things at the end of the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> and don't watch it with your kids. <laughs> don't watch it with your kids. Actually, on that, um, I've not been able to get my kids to stop watching the theme song. I mean, um, not wrong. I, I let them watch the intro. And, um, like I've, my, two of my daughters are actually pseudo professional dancers. Mm-hmm. And so like, I'll walk in and they're literally redoing the dance <laughs> in the kitchen. And, um, like my smaller human was doing judo masters role of being lifted up on the shoulder and like, you know, they're like, and they're like, and there's the Eagle. And I'm like, <laughs> Eagle. Hey. So, but so, uh, but you th- know why that's the most amazing thing in the world, right? 
Why? Do you know who is responsible for that opening? It's Alan Tudyk's wife. Yes. And Alan yeah. showed up to help them block Do it. Do the choreography and, for and it. And choreography stood and yeah. stood in for the layout. So all of you brown coats are just Alan Tudyk fans in general. Um, yeah. Apparently his wife is super amazing. And so is Alan. Um, but with that too, just, I'm just saying, even if you don't watch the whole show, uh, there's about five minutes at the climax of the season finale, uh, where, and I'm, I'm, I want to give you no spoilers, but, uh, stuff happens. That's, uh, (laughs) that, uh, uh, mm, hold on, chewing words. Um, we get, we get, uh, DCEU people. I'll just say that. Um, yeah, I I had heard that there there's massive crossover implications. Um, so I guess I got to knock out the rest of the show because this is one of those shows that my wife and I watched the first one. She's like, I'm good. And I'm like, yeah, I got it. <laughs> no, but I mean, now it does get dramatically better. Um, but uh, it's also does not get dramatically better. <laughs> like, right. I mean, you got you've got to determine this is for me or this is not me. But I'll, I'll say this: they do what they do really well, and it's not all shallow, um, right? So, ah, uh, good times. So that's what you need to know. That's our biweekly look at the industry and delivering you the inside knowledge. Uh, as always, you can join in the conversation with Hector and I and all of your other nerdy friends on the Love Thy Nerd Discord or on our Facebook community and. Just, you know, jump in and begin your geeky adventure with us. Tell us what you liked, what you hated, or possibly even what we missed, because we probably did. Um, And if you mention me in Discord, I will look at my notifications and scratch my head because I'm confused and don't know how to get my notifications. See? But progress. That's Hector. We're teaching him. He's fine. This is good. Progress. So (laughs) he he knows how to spell Discord, and he has a, a handle over there. He's got a tag. You can find him, and all things are okay with the world. So, Hector, with our our time remaining, um, let's let's talk about the comics that that didn't suck, or maybe did. I don't know. Uh, I I have mixed feelings about <laughs> about where I ended up. I read three months worth of comics over the last two weeks, catching up because I've been stupid busy and sick and all those wonderful things. But um, and I found it really hard to find five comics to talk about this week. <laughs> uh, so. Regale me. Tell, tell me what I'm supposed to be reading. Well, I I found some that I really did enjoy, but, you know, I think I covered a lot of that um, when we did last week. Yes. Yep. Or two weeks ago. So it's like it's and on. I can, I can repeat. Um, most of the stuff I did enjoy was on that list. Like um, May's book ended up being just like you guys said that, you know, it it's kind of a heavy read. But even for Lemire, it ended up in a pretty happy place in the end. Um, but still a journey that is, can be really deep and whatnot. So I thought that was, that was fun and, and wonderful and all that good stuff. So, yep. All right. So on the stuff that actually still is good or starting to be good, um, I'm going to jump back into an old favorite, uh, homesick pilots, uh, number Mm -hmm. 11, number 12 dropped today or, uh, this week, but, um, I haven't read that yet. It's sitting in my box, um, which, by the way, one of like if you've listened to us for a while, one of there are three comic book shops in a radius of me. Mm-hmm. And since the pandemic, I've been buying 
a lot more comics, not just for this podcast, but also to support, um, you know, local shops. And uh, my local, local shop, the one in town, is closing down next week. Which one? Uh, uh, Dragon, not Dragons. Uh, I was going to say, Alley. really? Yeah, oh, Crime okay. Alley. Um, and they're a, they're a small shop, and uh, I've, I've literally done my very best to support them. Um, mm. Like... I, there's been a good uh, number of times I bought double books mm-hmm. uh, just because like they didn't get theirs on time or whatever else, but I still wanted to be supportive. Like just saying I've like support your local shops because, <laughs> you know, the last two years have not been easy. The last year and his thing, he opened March 28th of 2020. So he opened the weekend oh, of the wow. pandemic. Um, yeah. And, uh, but he is, uh, he, you know, like, like old, old, scary Baptist preachers. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. Um, (laughs) and, and, um, so like that, that's the thing, like support your local folks. Um, um, but yeah, so let's jump in there. Um, homesick pilots, number 11. Uh, I feel like, I feel like the last couple books were like, um, I wasn't feeling it as much as I was the like the start of the series, um, but that being said, uh, I feel like they recalibrated and um, got to where they wanted to be mm. um, with this because uh, it's definitely issue eleven was definitely a better issue um, than the ones that came before it, but we're still in the place where. Um, the old James house is basically a kaiju made of angry ghosts. Um, and, uh, the government has tried to replicate that by using ghosts of people that died through atomic bomb testing. And, uh, so you've got this military grade, uh, kaiju house versus a, um, old ratchet kaiju house. And, (laughs) Uh, they're battling each other. Um, old not busted, just, new hotness. Yeah, old busted, new hotness. Um, and they're battling the, each other, not just for the sake of the whole monster vibe, but also because they uh, genuinely are trying to fight for the souls of the people involved. Um, and so it's it's a thing, and it really did boil down to this started out as two punk rock bands that were battling each other and they become the epicenter of the battle between the two kaiju houses. And, um, (laughs) so we've got punk rock, we have floating souls and apparitions and kaiju houses. And how many, how many more words of just insanity can you put into this? Yeah. And, and it's one of those things that like, I literally, I was thought it was a far out concept when it was on the simple end of it. Um, (laughs) And then the further it went, the crazier it got. And um, but honestly, that's not been bad. Uh, but we're at a place now where it's it's actually you know, it's doing well. Um, so I would recommend that. Uh, just know that around issue nine and ten, like it feels like it's losing its tread. It picks it back up. Um, so there's that. Uh, I'll say that one of the surprise. Holy crap, one of my reading books is uh, Rain. If you haven't uh, picked any of that up, 
Uh, Rain is so far a two-issue story from Joe Hill. Surprise. Okay. Yep. Um, Scary but, Man uh, Joe Hill. Got it. Scary Man Joe Hill. And I didn't honestly didn't realize it was Joe Hill when I picked it up, um, the first one. I don't even know if the first one is Joe Hill. I know this one's Joe Hill. Uh, uh, yeah, I remember two. seeing this on the rack and looking for number one but not being able to find it because just looking at the cover, I was like, what? Yeah. Um, so the thing is – uh all of a sudden out of nowhere um and this really does fit into the the vibe of a lot of comics like Noctera and other things right now um all of a sudden one day rain came across the earth hmm. and when the rain came like, came across the earth it came uh in the form of needles ooh like um there's a word that they used in the book for what it is it's a it's a scientific term of where it um where water in certain forms calcifies and and so the all the rain um just drops down like shards of fast-paced bullet level needles right and um like uh just in i want to say denver is where they were um the main protagonists just in denver um 8000 people died from being outside or coming in out of their cars or whatever when the rain came um and yeah and so it's the journey is uh, uh the young woman who's the protagonist of the story uh trying to walk to her fiance's parents to let her know that she died. And then of course people are being anuses and, um, sure. No, like one does like one does. And, um, it's a whole thing, but like literally all the ground, all the soft ground still has the needles sticking up. And so vehicular transportation is at a standstill. You got to walk everywhere. Um, and the storms are growing. So it's not like a one-time event. It's like every 10 to 15 minutes, you got to go hide somewhere with a solid roof. Eesh. And uh, so it's its its thing, dude. Um, I've enjoyed it. Um, issue one was a really interesting concept. But, like, there's, you know, it's not a full-blown horror the whole way through but there's definitely moments where you're like oh didn't need to see that um <laughs> oh, nope. mm-hmm. like there was one i think uh in this i turned the page and in the bottom corner it wasn't even like the whole page but in the bottom corner of one page you see uh one of the raindrop needles being pulled from someone's eye yeah and that's just and it's like oh no no thank you and um so yeah that's a totally a thing uh absolutely <laughs> uh, <laughs> that happened great um let's see what else we got um over joker number 12 um mm-hmm. i'm still enjoying joker still the fact that it's a jim gordon story um there's uh the fact they brought harvey bullock back which you know being a batman the animated series fan is very nice um mm-hmm. and it's old school harvey not like gotham harvey and um but also, you get to see Gordon be some of the coolest version of Gordon we've seen. Uh, we get to see Gordon and Cassandra hang out. Um, because uh, Batgirl assigns uh, Orphan slash Batgirl to uh, 
watch her dad. Mm. <laughs> and he's like, just the way that Jim Gordon talks to Cassandra is just fun. Um, but, and I, I think we're a couple weeks past this, so I don't think it's going to be a big spoiler. Um, you're not reading this, are you? Uh, I gave up a while ago, to be honest. So you, you you can tell me the high points on whether I should pick it back up. Well, this is this is a, a big thing for all of DC. Like it's okay. a uh, we find out who's actually behind a day. Oh right, I did see something about this. But if if you want to go for it, go for it. You've been warned. You've been warned. Um, but this doesn't just play into Joker. This plays into every Batman title and a lot of DC titles. Yeah, A-Day um, is technically where we started all of the craziness that's been the last year or so. So, um, uh, Turns out that Bane is alive and that Bane is the one who orchestrated A-Day. Ugh. Um, I don't know how I feel about that given the... the that means for like three straight years bane has been the center of the craziness but still failed every time yeah um and I, we don't have a lot of details with it that's like the dramatic reveal sure. at the end of it or whatever um but honestly and the female the lady bane as we refer to her her name is vengeance um of course yeah. it is course and it is. um <laughs> um i've actually backbreaker yeah um Vengeance has actually been a fun character, and I've enjoyed her. And this is the first time we got Julia Pennyworth back. So ah, right, because they gave us a hint early. Yeah, um, but we got Julia Pennyworth back. Which, if you've not, if you've been out of the Batman loop for like a decade, Alfred had a daughter who was her own little gangster spy, and um, having her back and as a consistent character is worth reading the book alone. Mm -hmm. um, this still has surprisingly little Joker for a book called Joker. <laughs> called Joker, right. Um, but I digress. Um, and then my other... Uh, now, this one really was a tie. Uh, the next one was a tie between this and Suicide Squad Blaze. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know whether I should uh, drop that coinage on Blaze or not, so... Uh, the I got a cover for that that was Peacemaker and Harley. Man, the cover's gorgeous. And I think that literally just that cover made me buy the bullet. So um, this is not my pull. But uh, Blaze, just for those who are interested, is a thing where uh, you get superpowers uh, for a the remainder of your life, but your life is dramatically shortened. Mm. Um and so uh you you might get um three months to live, but you get to live like a rock star. Um with superpowers. And they're offering this to like death row pay like people. And so they offer it to the Suicide Squad, and the Suicide Squad's like, no. <laughs> and so then, the, then the, I'll take my chances. And then the, so that they basically pick some other rando noobs out of Belle Reve um, and give them the superpowers, but then have the Suicide Squad tag along with them as their handlers. Um, and the thing is, only five people can get this Blaze power, but when one of them dies, the power transfers to the others. So at the end, whoever lives has the most power, yada yada. It's an interesting pitch. So that was like not wrote stereotypical suicide squad so i enjoyed that but okay. 
okay. I out of that I still pick um Dark Knight's Steel uh four. Um this looked like another cookie cutter uh let's just put the Justice League in another time thing. But honestly, man, the story development has been really solid. Um like there's been sufficient twists and house warfare. This is very much Game of Thrones with the DC universe. Interesting. Um, like it's House L versus House uh whatever Jefferson Pierce's name is. Um House <laughs> of Lightning. It's they go. don't call it You're fine. Um but it's something like that. But then there's all these twisty turns of um that uh like again, moderate spoilers but not. Um the Green Arrow and Green Lantern assassinate Jor-El. Dang. Um, okay. Uh like pretty early on like uh Which which Green Lantern? Uh, Hal, I think. Um I was going to say of course it's Hal. <laughs> and um and and uh but they like straight murk uh Jor-El with a uh green with a just one of Green Arrow's shots that it's tipped in kryptonite from like a mile away. Um, okay. And, uh, but also Constantine's running around with a little wizard cape. It's cute. <laughs> um, and, um, Wonder Woman and, uh, Supergirl are a couple. And, um, it, there's just a lot of stuff going on. But the idea is, uh, Bruce is the knight of House L. And it's his job to basically lock up anyone with powers to prevent them from being a threat to House L. Because um, I guess there was a Green Lantern um, uh, that was uh, Lex Luthor who, like, murdered Bruce's parents. And um, But the other end of this is one of the big turns is you find out that Bruce in this storyline is actually the, uh, the illegitimate love child of um, Jor-El and Martha Wayne. I, I just want to back up for a second. Have, have you noticed that Lex Luthor is literally the cornerstone of DC at the moment? Like, we went from, yeah, yeah, Lex is a Superman thing to Lex is, like, everywhere. Yeah. Like, when he showed up, like, sorry, spoilers, not spoilers at this point, but he showed, he's he is the cornerstone of Batman right now. And I'm just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's what they're doing. And that's fine. Um, but, but Lex, Luther I don't think it. like, I don't think Lex showed up until like issue four of this. Um, but the idea that, uh, Bruce is actually, you know, Jor-El's son was just like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Got uh, it. But I'm, this is seriously like Game of Thrones, uh, with DC. So it's, it's kind of fun. So yeah. Okay. okay. I'm in. I'm out. Hey everyone, I'm Hector Mirai, and this is Faith and Fandom 180 on LTN Radio. So, I've been playing Pokemon Legends Arceus a little too much, like, if I'm, I'm, I'm super honest. Um, <laughs> this is going to sound bad on audio, but I'm pretty sure I've played that game more than I've slept in the last three days. So, I took today off from playing, by the way. Um because I made the realization. Um, but 
One of the things that I've really enjoyed about the Pokemon games of the last, you know, eight years or so, um, as I've been playing them more, have been the fact that whenever you beat the air quotes campaign and the credits roll, there's usually like a whole other storyline to go with. Like I know for like Sword and Shield, once you won the big tournament, there's a whole other mystery and some more legendaries and stuff that you have to go do. And so Arceus is a different style of Pokemon game. So I wasn't sure how that was gonna play out. So I saw myself getting close to the end, air quotes. And then I beat the game and the credits rolled. And I texted my friend. I'm like, hey, beat it. Yay. Woo. And then uh, it's like, oh, psych. Uh, here's a whole other game that you got to keep playing. And uh, final bosses and stuff that were much harder than one you just beat. I'm like, cool, 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 cool. And <laughs> like, so I kept playing. And then <laughs> after sitting there way too long, I beat that boss. And I'm like, yeah, it's over. And then they give you this thing um, without spoilers, and there's this big ending and this big boss, uh, but you can only do it after you have caught every single Pokemon. And by the count on this game, that's 240 Pokemon. And uh, it reminded me of this verse in Matthew 24, 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So many of us, we want like a short version of the gospel, where as long as we like share with a couple people or whatever else, you know, we can stop. The reality is the, the mission and the focus of the gospel is that it has to keep going until every person is reached, and then it'll end. And I literally looked at that screen and said, but I don't want to have to catch them all. And that's how most people look at, you know, sharing their faith. Remember to catch Faith and Fandom 180 every Wednesday morning on the Back Row Morning Show only on LTN Radio. And if you'd like to learn more about Faith and Fandom, head over to faithandfandom.org where you can learn about our Comic-Con ministry, podcasts, memes, apparel, and book series. You can even read new chapters before they make it to the next book. I'm Hector Mirai, and thank you for spending the last 180 seconds with me. You are listening to the Pull List Podcast. So, uh, I, I, I guess I get to be the guy that goes to the other side of the world um, this time around. And I've been doing that lately. So, weird. But anyway, um, going to bring the ones from the third parties that are still some of my favorites. Uh, Hellpoy and the BPRD 1957 Forgotten Lives. Now, if you've been tracking Hellboy and Hellboy and the BPRD, they've been doing one-shots. Um, they started in 1945, um, the year that Hellboy was found and then moved forward. The, each of the year markings is usually its own thing, but sometimes they've actually been telling multiple stories, so you actually have to put the subtitle in there. So I did it for you this time because there are multiple 1957s right now. Um, but this one's Forgotten Lives. And one thing that I just always loved about Hellboy is now that they're outside of telling Hellboy in a serial sense, that it's generally minis or literally just a one shot. That whoever tells the story is jumping in and being like, here's something creepy, weird, um, or whatever. And Hellboy's going to do Hellboy stuff or the BPRD is going to do, you know, their thing. And. I've just enjoyed these because 
it's the art that you love of Hellboy and Hellboy saying crap every now and then. Um, but not every single one of them is just like super scary. Like this one is more so about learning the names of some of these spirits so that they can be released into, you know, peace in their afterlife type thing. And so some of these stories are like creepy weird, but have like these really undertone like, oh, that was nice <laughs> type feels, which is like the opposite of some Hellboy stuff that you were just like, wow, that was super weird. <laughs> um, so if you're into Hellboy and that type of stuff, you should be picking up um, the BPRD series whenever it comes out because you are just going to get fantastic art. A single story, so, you know, you pay five bucks, you got your story. It's done. You don't have to worry about buying a billion other issues. It is what it is. So I'm just going to keep telling you to read it because I like Hellboy. Sorry, not sorry. I don't know. Um, another book that should come to absolutely no surprise to anyone here, Seven Secrets is continuing its journey towards completion. Um I've tried to explain this book multiple times. Um, I know Todd mentioned it because I know he really enjoys it too. Um, but there's this concept of this secret order that there are secrets in the world and there are literal physical carriers of the secret and then protectors of the person that carries the secret. So there's teams of two that have access to all these secrets and the order has collapsed upon itself. They've had a, a traitor amongst their midst and, um, you're finding out that, you know, all leaders of the world at this point are, like, involved in this. Like, one of the, like, tongue-in-cheek things now once we hit 14 is, like, the Queen of England at this time is part of this order. And they're, like, hiding out at Buckingham Palace, like, right now, but, like, being all super secrety about it and stuff. But the book is amazingly – it's just – it's pretty. You, you've heard me say these things before, but sometimes when I just look at a book and I go, oh, that's pretty, um, you should read it because – Comics is a visual medium. <laughs> um, but they're now starting to kind of get to how this particular story is going to wrap up. And they kind of drop the concept in the middle of issue 13 and 14 that um, you know the protagonist of this story is going to die. That's not really a spoiler at this point because they kind of been telling you that all along. But they remind you at this point of, nope, <laughs> this story ends poorly for the guy in charge. Um but they've done kind of a multiverse thing of that they literally lay out this concept of that there are three possible endings to this story and issue 14 is starting to explore what each of those endings are. And I'm confused, but it's still pretty and wild. And so you should read it. Find the trades, catch up. Um, I don't know when exactly it's going to end in the number sequence of everything, but it does feel like it's getting closer to if not the entire story ending, at least the arc that is going to be what starts the rest of this piece. So, Seven Secrets. Um, it's, uh, it should be Boom Studios, if I remember correctly. Yes, and just, you've heard us say this before, keep an eye on stuff coming out of Boom, because Boom's doing really good stuff, and they're highly underappreciated. I just rebought the trade of Judas. Like literally, it's on my kitchen table because mm -hmm. I loaned it to someone and they didn't give it back. How so dare I'm they? Like, <laughs> like, okay, I'm just gonna go ahead and buy this again. Yep, just need this. This right over here. Um, image. Uh, 
gonna say the name Dot and Kate's again because crossover is just so I can't tell if it's so bad because of this super hyper fan service thing that's taking place, but is the point of crossover. Um but he's literally in jump jumping the shark territory because Donnie Cates is now part of his own crossover in um the last couple issues. But it's still so fun just to see Donnie's literally been given the keys to almost every imaginable IP um in the image house. And they're reaching the point of we've talked about the fact that the crossover incident was the comic book world crossing into the real world. And you get introduced to Donnie Cates because he's been in prison since this has started because they think he is the little literal author of the entire event that they think he's literally writing it as it's happening, which he literally is doing for the book. And, you know, so the last two issues are like, what kind of pretentious person puts themselves as the center of a story? And it's like, yep. So shark jump, got it. (laughs) Um, but they're reaching the point of that. The semi twist that's coming is that the authorities in the story have asked Donnie to just finish the freaking story. So it stops. And what they've said is, you know, you're, we're, you're not getting out of prison until you write the ending to the story. And he's interacting with the primary protagonist that we meet from the beginning. And she's like, well, if you're doing this, then why am I here? And he's like, yeah, about that. And that's kind of where the story is right now. But um, he's killed a bunch of the comic book industry. That's the other thing is that writers and artists are being murdered. Um so in issue 11, we get an interrogation of uh, Bendis, which is pretty hilarious. Uh, Scott Snyder gets whacked um, by a batarang. Um, and it's just, it's so broken what's going on. But I will say this, one of the most fun things is in the middle of the last two issues is the two detectives from the, the Powers story. Um, the... The illustration style changes in the middle of the book, and while they're interrogating Brian um, Michael Bendis, they do the, are we going to do the powers thing? And they're like, let's do the powers thing. And then literally the next four pages are illustrated exactly how interrogation sequences were from the book powers. Um, so it's why I say it's, it is kind of like kind of the silliest idea in the world, but the fan service that's baked into it and how it's done is actually so well done that you're like, this is just insane, but I can't look away. Um, so yeah, it's, it's fun. It's really weird. Um, and spoiler, not spoiler because they've been introducing so many random new characters. The one they just introduced is they hit kind of the end of 11 and a lot of the insanity that's going on. And you see Negan walk in from a baseball field with um, a particular baseball bat. And it's just like, hi, I'm here. And it's like, uh, yep. Okay. Good. (laughs) This continues to get crazy. Everybody's here now. So, yeah, I don't know. I I literally don't know what else to say about it, except it's wild. And if you love a lot of stuff from Deep Cut Image, your, your fan service is worth every single issue that you pick up. Okay. And then finally, Moon Knight, 
um, just continues to be awesome that we we now know that there is a left and right fist of of our our good moon um, god, and that's been playing out for a while. But once we hit issue eight, um, Doctor Knight, uh, the other fist is kind of filling in for our regular Moon Knight, Mister Knight. So you got Mister Knight and Doctor Knight. Um, one's all white, one's all black, and so you know. I'm pretty sure there's that whole yin and yang thing going on and balance and everything. It It's kind of crazy because if you think about it, Moon Knight already has multiple personalities to deal with. And now technically there's this personality but actual human being of his chosen moon god brother. Am I getting this right? <laughs> um, and it's just been fun. And I like Marvel when they're fun. And Moon Knight continues to have some head scratchers in it, but also just tons of really good action. But also, Moon Knight kind of has that kind of edgy humor to it. It does. Um, that and it's it not feels Deadpool. like what the Defenders should be. Right. It's not Deadpool. Ha ha. It's, it, there's a lot more edge to it. And it's not edgy to be just like for the sake of it. It's, okay, that was, <laughs> that was funny, but whoa. <laughs> Um, it's just a different kind of funny, but it's good. So I'm enjoying it. And I mean, honorable mention, I guess, because you, you threw in an honorable mention, um, strange, strange Academy was supposed to end at 12 and it is now an ongoing. So you get to continue the journey with, um, Marvel's not Hogwarts. Um, yeah, but that's a that's a book that should be ongoing. It has mm-hmm. a, it has legs. The transition's been really good, and I I dig that they just after twelve they were like, nope, this is this is still a thing. So let's keep doing it. Um, so I'm all about it. All right, we did read some number ones this week. So tell tell me a little bit. <laughs> I, reading reading the notes here, I I see that you're, you're gonna do you're gonna do something. Um, <sighs> how dare you T- tell us about it though I, I want to know I subscribed for free Ooh. to Tom King's Substack book Love Everlasting which um, you'd think that buying the book would be the primary um, like the primary thing you subscribe for the book is free it's all the other stuff you pay for hmm um uh but on that note you literally do have to sign up for an email go to a website and download a pdf to read this so for our people that are about physical touch or convenience it ain't that so <laughs> right Nothing on Substack says, mm, we've taken forward motion in how we deliver comics. It ain't that. Um, but if you want to read, uh, I mean, we're at the same place with uh, We Have Demons, which issue three did finish the arc, and that was good. Um, of Scott Snyder's comicsology Substack thingy. Um, right. But, uh, and that was the thing. I could download that on Amazon. I can't do that with this. Mm. Um, 
But either way, here's the pitch. It's Tom King writing. It's really gorgeous art. Um, but it's very uh, 50s pinup uh, newspaper pulp vibe. Um, but it's a woman's love story of how she's really in love with her best friend's boyfriend, who's also her boss. And she's patiently waiting for the chance to be with him. And then it finally happens and they have the, yes, I choose you forever. And let's kiss and have a dramatic pose. And then when they kiss, the book ends, like the credits of the book ends. And the next page is the beginning of a new book. And it each time it says uh, Tom King writer, this story, whatever. And it's like that character transfers over to the new story but when she opens her eyes she was kissing the dude from the previous story and now she's in a different story in a different place with a different person okay and so every and she's like confused she's like but george what and so she's literally foggy about it and spends the next story falling in love with another person and once she finds that person's true love she like ends up in another story and so the vibe of it is it's a little bit groundhog day it's a little bit quantum leap um and that this woman is trapped in a cycle of finding love and as soon as she finds it she loses it and starts over hmm um and then one of the one of the because there's like five issues in the one issue just because they're short and one of the things is she realizes that she realizes what's happening and she says screw this i'm leaving and so she starts just running and somebody because the time when she runs it's in a western vibe somebody like rolls up in a cowboy and he's like you should have known love is everlasting and shoots her in the head (laughs) oh dang and when he shoots her in the head, she wakes up in another love story. And she literally looks in the mirror and the end of issue one is her looking in the mirror and saying, ah, F. <laughs> and <laughs> and scene. scene. And don't drive angry. So, don't drive angry. Um, and so that's literally it's Tom King putting a woman through a quantum leap of love hell. <laughs> wow. Right? And it's interesting. It's definitely not another Joker story. It's definitely not another beat-out crisis. So here you go. Here's an original story. Merry Christmas. Okay, well, clicking that, noted. Um, (laughs) And so, yeah, I guess I should expand. I I should do the thing that I don't want to do and go digital on some things because um, Chris had a hard time finding a number one that he was like, yeah, sure, that. Yeah. there weren't a ton this week. Like we got a new Iron Fist, and that was that was a thing, but it didn't raise to this level for me. Um, but if you like Iron Fist, I guess you got a new Iron Fist. So there you go. Um, but I actually did from AfterShock, uh, Land of the Living Gods, um, number one, and I don't know. This is I guess this is what I do. Right? You've heard me utter this phrase multiple times that the. the I'm pretty sure I'm going to need issue two to understand what in the actual is going on. (laughs) Um, But we are somewhere in Africa 
um, we've been introduced to um, an albino African who is extremely rare and sought after. We're in the year 3113, I think. It's like the year 3000 something for sure, but I, I think they did the weird thing of it being um, forwards and backwards, all that good stuff. Um, and it seems to be kind of a... I don't want to say dystopian future because it's like, great, welcome to America. These are the stories we tell in 2022. But it does kind of have that vibe. But um, this person is running from just about everybody. Um, you're All you know is that there's lots of mysticism going on and that there's some folks that are seeking albinos explicitly for something because they're so rare, but you don't know why. Um, and it has interaction with multiple African uh, stories of mysticism, of the different types of gods from all the different cultures. In fact, there's multiple languages from Africa that are interspliced into it, but they give you the little editorial note of which language that word came from and what it means. So there's just a lot going on. And like I said, I Outside of that, I don't really know what's going on, but I'm at least intrigued because there's this strange depth to what they're building, which gives me the vibe that we're going somewhere. Um, and its art is really solid. It 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 really looks um, beautiful. It kind of reminds me a bit of Isola, that you're just like, I don't really know what's going on, but it's very pretty. Um, and apparently a lot of people out there agree because you will not find it in first printing. Um, second printing is coming out in a month um, because people sold through it. So there's something here. A lot of people between either speculators or people that are just like, okay, I, I'm fascinated by what's going on here, but I don't quite know what it is. And it's in a space of storytelling that we don't get a lot in comics. So... I'm just going to set that out there and say, if you're looking for something very different, but looks very, it's very appealing to the eye. And I do think it's going somewhere that land of the living gods is worth a shot. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I guess that's our episode that we're, we're like back. It's and over. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's done. You can stop listening now. Um, no, but that is going to do it for us here at the Polis Podcast. Episode 65 is in the books and now in your ears, but we, we couldn't possibly do this alone. As you know, we take this uh, rather epic journey of podcast and fandom with lots of other amazing podcasts that are part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network, so be sure to visit lovethynerd.com for more info, previous episodes, and, you know, maybe find yourself a little something-something new to, to listen as part of your routine. But Hector and I want to thank you for choosing us as your primary comic book knowledge factory um, on a near weekly basis. Every other week, we try. Um, so don't leave us hanging. Uh, rate and review the show on your podcasting app of choice. We're on the iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and so many more. You can find us on the interwebs. We're out there. Uh, yeah. So from the bottom of my heart, thanks for listening. And remember, kids, read more comics. I'm going to take all seven continents of the game of risk. Failure!